Amen, amen. Why don't we bless the Lord in his house? Why don't we bless the Lord in his house? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. From that chapter, I'd like to lift verse 11. <clears throat> These are the words you will find there. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Amen. I, I want, just for a few moments, I want to use this as a subject. I want to talk about Christian maturity. Christian maturity. When I was a child, I acted like a child. When I became a man, put away all of those childish things. My brothers and my sisters, this Christian walk that we are on is a process. No matter who you are, <coughs> No matter how old you are or what your background is, we all start this journey as babes in Jesus Christ. We, we don't have grown folk in the kingdom, <laughs> only growing folk. And all of us start out as babes. We are born as babes. We are born as babes in Christ. And then we began the process of growing in him. Now don't, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by old age. Old age does not necessarily mean Christian maturity. We only mature. We only mature as Christians when we can do as Paul, as Paul is teaching and put away childish things. Right. 18th chapter of Acts, this 18th chapter of Acts teaches us that the church at Corinth, you read, read it sometimes, Acts chapter 18 teaches us that the church at Corinth was founded by the Apostle Paul somewhere around the spring of A.D. 52. Paul was the founder. He was the founder of that church, and he was, as the founder, he made sure that that church was well-rooted and grounded in the faith. 
Paul stayed there with that church for some time. He stayed there. He, he started it, stayed there with it for some time, setting it up, making sure that it was Bible-based, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-led. Once he finally sound and once he finally found and saw that the people began to show signs of maturing and once he discovered that they were, were learning and discovering their spiritual gifts, Yet to get to keep the work going, then Paul left. Once he saw that they looked like they had it, looked like they, they, they were catching on, Paul left, went on to Ephesus to do the same work in Ephesus. But when he left, after he left, he, he left that church. He left it a striving church, a thriving church, doing the work of the Lord. But not long after he left and went to Ephesus, he got a letter. He got word, he got, he got word that there was trouble back in the church at Corinth. Mind you now, he's done a whole different place now. He left it doing well, and now he gets word that the church is in trouble. The, 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 the exact words, uh, you look at 1 Corinthians 11, the exact words was that there were contentions in the church. He got word that there was contention in the church. That in, in the day's language, he said that that was a mess up. That was a mess up in the church at Corinth. And as it turned out, as it turned out, although the church at Corinth was blessed with folk, People were coming. It was blessed with folk who were saved and spiritually gifted. But although they were saved and although they were spiritually gifted, they were still quarrelsome, fussy, fussy. Saved and spiritually gifted, but they were still petty and immoral and, and selfish. Saved and gifted, but they were still carnal. In other words, in other words, although they were saved, they were immature and unspiritual. They were not growing spiritually. And because they were not growing spiritually, there was division in the church. That division brought about trouble in marriages. Read the Bible. That, yeah, some, there were some who were still dabbling around with pagan religions and Pagan practices, there were some who, who, were, who didn't know how to act in worship, do crazy stuff during the worship service. There, there was confusion concerning the Lord, Lord's Supper. I'm telling you, the church at Corinth was in a mess. So Paul writes this letter. He writes this letter to them. And what he's doing, he's, an, he's attempting to rectify the chaos that they were in. He realizes that the church was being ripped apart. It was being ripped apart by selfishness. It was being torn up by pettiness. It, it was, it was, it was, the church was being ripped apart by jealousy. People who had decided that they, they wanted to use their spiritual gifts to satisfy their own need to shine. They're going to use their spiritual gifts to satisfy their own selfish need to be seen. Yes. 
the church was church was being torn apart by know-it-all folk. <laughs> read the Bible, read the Bible. Church being torn apart. You got to understand who Corinthians were. Corinthians, Corinthians were people who prided themselves in intellect. They, they prided themselves in their superior insight to, to different mysteries in the world. So, so although they were all new to the faith, they felt the need to know more than anybody else. And are y'all hearing me? You know them folk. You know them. You know them. You know. Now don't, don't keep looking at me. Don't look. No, no, no. You, you know them. You, you, you know those that, that know everything. The person that got all the answers. A person that never says, I don't know. One that thinks they, they've got all the sense. And whenever somebody thinks they got all the sense, the danger is when I think I got it all, that means y'all ain't got none. And that's just one problem. That's just one problem. That's just one problem. There, there was also a problem with those who exploited the gifts of the Spirit. You do know that every saved person has gifts, uh, at least one. And, but there were those who were exploiting the gifts, especially those gifts that gave them a chance to be out front. They exploited those gifts. They, they were gifted, but they wanted to be out front, show everybody what gift they had. Somehow, the gift of tongues was blown completely out of proportion. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, they blew it completely out of proportion because the nature of the gift was, uh, yeah, it, it sort of looked like it lifted you above folk that didn't have that gift. Are y'all hearing me? They, 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 they held a, the, the, the gift of tongues. They felt like it was even greater than the gift of prophecy. And those are the folk who are telling you about Jesus. Again, a gift that allowed them to be selfish and to be front and center. But then the, the, the gift of prophecy was being abused. The preaching gift. It was being abused. This book opens with, this 1 Corinthians opens with divisions concerning the gift of prophecy. People were getting in their little groups talking about whose pastor was the best. Who was the best preacher? Yeah, 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 yeah. Some, some like Reverend so and so, and some like Reverend so. -and -so. Yeah, y'all hear me? What? Yeah, they talked about what preacher really had it and who had the most powerful preaching gift. Look at chapter one, verse twelve. It says some say I like Paul, some say I like Cephas, and some say I like Reverend Paulus. And there was a few that said they like Jesus. <laughs> Are y'all hearing this? There was some. Yeah, so that, that's a problem. There, there were some who boasted of having more faith than anybody else. Are y'all hearing me? There were those who thought that they were greater than everybody else because they had more to give. You see, this church was messed up. They thought they were, they were better than everybody else because they had more to give than other folk. All of this was going on between chapter 1 and chapter 12. 
Paul takes the time to address all of this. He addresses all of these church issues, but he closes chapter 12. And I want you to look at the end of chapter 12, the, la the very last words in chapter 12. He says, uh, okay, I've addressed all these things. I've talked about all these things. He says, but let me show you something better than all of this. He closes out chapter 12 by saying, let me show you a more excellent way. I pointed out all you're wrong. I, I, I've seen everything you got wrong. He said, but let me show you a more excellent way. And then he goes. He goes into chapter 13. Now, I know we, we, we take chapter 13 and make it a wedding scripture. <laughs> Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. We, we, we read that at weddings. And yeah, but we call that the love chapter. That's... That's a love chapter, and that's a, it ain't nothing wrong with that. But I want you to know that Paul wasn't talking about a wedding here. <laughs> Paul is talking to the church. He wants the church to know that there is a better way to do it than what you all are doing. He said, let me show you a more excellent way. Now, he begins, he starts tackling every argument. He started, first of all, he started talking about, he helped, he helped those who were hung up on speaking in tongues. Listen to what he said. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, if I don't have love. <laughs> see, you, you, you see, he thought, you thought he was talking about a wedding, didn't he? <laughs> he said, though I speak with the tongues of men, and even if I speak with the tongues of angels, if I don't have love. I've become a sounding brass or a tinkling. Let me break it down for you. He said, if I ain't loving folk, all I'm doing is making noise. Are y'all hearing this? And then he goes on and touch, touches on every problem. He touches on each one of the situations. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy. Are you hearing me? If I can preach the horns off a billy goat. If I have the, prep for the, the gift of prophecy, even if I understand all mysteries and even if I got all knowledge and if I got all faith, got enough faith so that I could remove mountains, if I don't have love, I could do all of that. But if I don't have love, it profits me. Am I in the book? It profits me. No, I know you thought it was a wedding, didn't you? You thought it was a wedding. It profits me nothing. And even, goes on, even if I give everything I have to feed the poor, even if I, I, I was liberal enough to, to, yeah, to give my body to be burned. Are y'all hearing me? If I'm willing to give all of that and, and still don't love folk, are y'all hearing me? I'm giving all of that in vain. It's absolutely no good if I do it without loving. Paul, go, Paul goes on to tell them that prophecies fail. Y'all following me? It's good to have that gift, but he, he wants them to know prophecies fail. Tongues cease. Knowledge will vanish away. But it says, love 
never fail. All this other stuff y'all falling out about. All this stuff you're running over folk about. All all the stuff that you stop speaking about. He said all of that will fail. But love never fails. Then in summing it up, Paul is challenging the church. He's challenging the church to mature. You can't be children always. Challenging the church to mature. He's saying to the church, grow up. That's what what he's doing when he says, you know, when I was a child, I spake like a child. Thought as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, get this now, when I was a child, I did what children do. When I was a child, talked like one, acted like one, did what children, but when I became a man, when I grew up, I put away childish things. Paul is saying here, Paul is saying here, the problem that, 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 that was plaguing the church then, and let me go on and say the problem that plagues the church now is grown folk holding on to childish things. Are y'all hearing me? You see, you see, childish things are all right for a child wanting to be first. That's all right for a child being selfish. Everything is mine, mine, mine. That's all right for a child wanting to be the center of attention. That's all right for a child revenge. Are y'all hearing me? You hit me, I'll hit you right back. That's all right for a child yeah, yeah, play my way or I'll take my ball and go home. That's all right. It's all right for a child. Paul said when I was a child, that was all right. But his message to them is uh, when I was just a babe in Christ, that was all right. When I was just a child, young in him, that was all right. But when I became a man, when I matured, as I matured, as I matured, I put away childish things. Are y'all hearing me? Paul's message, Paul's message to, to, to the church today, even to us today. You know what Paul is saying to us today? Paul is saying to save folks, save, sanctify people. You know what Paul's saying to us? He's saying, grow up. Grow up. Put away your toys. Pick up your tools. I just said something right there. Put away your toys and pick up your tools. And the primary tool for a Christian, for a mature Christian, the primary tool, he says, is love. And the reason, there's a reason why the primary tool is love. There's a reason for that 
because it is through love that you can develop the tools necessary to be effective in your work in the kingdom. If you love, if you love, you got what it takes to be effective in, are y'all hearing me? It is through love that you began to develop fruit of the spirit. Y'all hearing me? You say, oh, oh, you got to love somebody. You got to learn how to love before fruit starts developing on you and fruit doesn't come overnight. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, gifts are instance. The moment you're saved, you're given a gift, but fruit doesn't come overnight. You got to walk in love. Are y'all hearing me? And if you walk in love, uh, fruit begins to grow. Are y'all hearing me? It's through love that you begin to develop the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Are y'all hearing me? That, that, that is the fruit of the Spirit. You can't, you can't camouflage that. Y'all ain't hearing me. You, you can't fake that. It's got to be real. Yeah, you, you, you know when somebody is meek or whether they're not meek. You know if somebody is, has joy or whether they're faking it. Yeah, yeah, you can't fake that. Yeah. You want to know how? You want to know how? to pick up your tools and go to work. This is the way you do it. You do it through the fruit of the Spirit. Put down the childish things, and you will find that you will be left with just three things. You're willing to put down your childish stuff. We're willing to put down your childish. You'll find you're left with just three things. Let's stay with the word. He says you're left with faith, hope, and love. These three. But let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Faith is what keeps us holding, keeps us holding on, knowing that there is something at the end. That's what faith does. Faith makes you hold on until you get here. Yeah, faith lets you know something is at the end waiting. So faith keeps me holding on. Let me show you what hope does. Hope fastens itself to the future happiness. Hope is what fastens, it locks into the future happiness and then just teaches you to wait on hope. That's what hope does. Are y'all hearing me? But when we finally come to the end of our journey, it is. When we finally come to the end of our journey, faith will become sight. Y'all ain't hearing me. When we come to the end of the journey, hope turns to joy. Are y'all hearing this? Faith and hope? Yeah, by that time we come to the end, faith and hope would have already done their jobs and they are no longer needed. So faith is gone. Hope is gone. But on the other hand, love. Y'all ain't hearing me. Faith is gone. Hope is gone. But love at the end will be perfected. Are y'all hearing me? We will perfectly love God. Are y'all hearing me? When we come to the end of our journey, we will perfectly learn how to love each other. For the first time, we'll be able to understand and, and a love that loves in spite of what we do. For the first time, we'll begin to understand a love in spite, an unchanging love. 
for the first time, uh, we'll be able to understand a love that looks beyond faults and sees our needs. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, when I come uh, to the end of my journey, we'll finally stand face to face with a love uh, that would give an only begotten son to die in my place. A love that would give an only son to die for folk who don't deserve it. We'll see a love that would die for another man's sin. A love that had the power to overcome sin, uh, death, and the grave. We'll come to see a love uh, that caused a man to get up uh, from a grave uh, with all power and uh, in his hand. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. Don't know about anybody else. But right now, I believe it. But I can't fully understand it yet. Y'all ain't hearing me yet. I believe it. But I still can't fully understand it. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad he did. Are y'all hearing me? I don't understand it right now. But I got good news. By and by. By and by. Don't understand it right now. But by and by. When the morning comes, when all the saints of God going home, we'll tell, tell the story how we overcome, and we'll understand, understand it better by and by. Yes, yes, yes. Keep growing. Keep going, but keep growing. When I was a child, I thought like a child, acted like a child. But when I became, he expects us. He expects us. The expectation of him is that we don't remain his children, that we mature. We mature in him. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just go on back. 